<laughs> I was laughing at somebody else's misery, I'm afraid. Anyway, thank you, Anthony. See you tomorrow. Do peanut butter? No, you don't, do you? Do you do, do, you do Marmite? No. I had a cheese and Marmite sandwich this morning. Really? It was delicious. Only a pound. <laughs> Off with you. Away with you. It's budget day. Stop. I didn't make it myself, no. Because somebody else made it. Of course I didn't make it myself. Why would I make... I went into M&S yesterday, and they've got their sort of British range, and it was cheese and Marmite. Because they do it in um, Starbucks, but they do it as a panini. And it's quite nice, but cheese and Marmite salmon, I quite like. I think a little bit of Marmite's very, very good for you. And a little bit of cheese. So I had... I bought two yesterday. One I had yesterday for my lunch... And then I saved one for today for my breakfast. So I had... I could actually buy my... Oh, oh the producer's actually saying something. It's, it makes so much sense. She says, you can actually buy, apparently, I've never seen it on sale, in shops, bread and, and cheese and Marmite. <laughs> Unbelievable in this day and age. You can buy these things, what, yourself, at a fraction of the price, and then you, and then you come and you can make lots of cheese and Marmite sandwiches. But the trouble is, you see, I don't actually want that many cheese and Marmite sandwiches. I might only want... Two. In which case, I'd have to buy a loaf of bread and then throw it away after using four slices. And then I'd have to throw away the cheese because it would... Buy half a loaf, she's going. I don't want people to think I'm poor. I don't want to go into a shop and go, excuse me, do you have half a loaf? Because I might not want to eat all of it. And then buy a little bit of Marmite. So the Marmite will go off. And so in the end, I've wasted hundreds of pounds buying cheese and Marmite. And so for the rest of my life, I'm doomed to eat cheese and Marmite sandwiches. Whereas it was just yesterday, I fancied two. And it was two pounds. And I think £2 is good. And for that, you get a wrapper on it and everything. comes in a little box, and then you can make something. You can make a Tracy Island out of the box. And, uh, and then you can give it on to less fortunate people. You put another sandwich in there, and then just cross out cheese and marmite and write cheese and pickle. Or something like that. You know, marvellous, isn't it? Imagine the very idea of actually making your own sandwiches. Good God, who does that in this day and age? She does. Richard Hakier brings in a little Tupperware box. Oh, good news on the Hakier front. After yesterday, and bus number... 24, it stopped this morning, and he thought the driver was going to say something to him, like, I'm sorry I didn't stop the other morning, Rich, if I'd known it was you. I said, anyway, stopped. Same thing happened to me yesterday. Really, really odd. We go for a walk, we do sort of, it's quite a nice day for a walk, a little bit cold, a little bit cold, took an umbrella, little tiny thing, 15 pounds boots, and folds up to about the size of nothing. And go for the walk. Then on the way back, Graham then goes, oh, I've got a business meeting to get to, so he says, we'll have to get the bus back. I said, that's okay. So we walk halfway back, and the, the bus stop, they've hidden around the corners. You can't see the bus coming. And we're within, I don't know, 50 feet of the bus stop. Now, you know, if you put your hand out, if you're not at the bus stop, they're not going to stop, are they? So he puts his hand out. I'm going, it won't stop. It will not stop. And he, goes, he puts his hand... It <coughs> screeches to a halt. I have to run. Well, I haven't run since I was seven. So I was exhausted. We get on the bus. There's only Ivor, one of the bus inspectors on there. And he said, he said, I knew it'd stop. I said, why? He said, because I'm on it. <laughs> I said, would it have stopped if you'd not been on it? He said, probably not, no. But it did stop. I was quite winded. Quite winded. Oh, you'll have to do this computer thing again. It's, it needs changing so it's in the right uh, order. Because, as I said to Mohammed this morning, it's steve at lbc.co.uk. Because Mohammed, my driver, is very young, but he seems to have 101 children. And he's into bling cars. And he said, did you see the picture of some, one of these sheikhs from, from Dubai or Saudi Arabia who's got a solid silver Audi. He's had a, an Audi made in solid silver. So, of course, the, in, the implication of this did not sink in straight away. And then I suddenly realised that if it's got silver, gold, blinged up, 
dark windows. Mohammed is going to go crackers for this because he absolutely loves it. He is the boy racer. The more the more things that the cars get, the more gadgets, the more things that light up, the more things that go whizz, ding, bing, 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 that he loves. So the idea of a solid silver car appealed to him greatly, as you can imagine. But it's, he's going to send me a picture of it. So it's steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. And being budget day, LBC will be covering it extensively. You'll know the ins, the outs, we'll have the... Uh, the explanations, because I think for four years running, I did LBC's budget coverage. Always comes as a big surprise to people. They go, and I said, yeah, and I used to do a sports programme. And they go, yeah, right. I said, no, I seriously did it. I did a sports programme. I discovered that you could read the back pages of the paper and you could bluff through a two-hour programme, easy peasy. You don't have to sit there and understand the intricacy. Because one of my friends, she gets really angry, and she said to me, she said, you don't know anything about football. I said, yes, I do. She said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. She said, explain the 4-2 formation. I said, well, it's quite attractive. Uh, and, and she said, see, you don't know anything about football. And she used to get really quite angry about this, that I didn't know anything about football, yet I did a football programme. But that's, that's, I always find that quite amusing. But then I did do the budget, because I understood everything about the budget. I knew how little money I was going to end up with. And whichever way they sold it, you knew that they were going to try and please MPs. So one year, there was 5p on a pint of beer, but nothing on a bottle of whisky, because most of the MPs drank whisky. They never put any on whiskey. They, they don't bother. It's a nice little cartel they've got operating here. You know for a fact that probably petrol will actually go up. I think he would be a fool to put it up, because I think that's going to affect a lot of poor families who are struggling at the moment. And Mohammed and I were talking this morning. He paid one... What did he pay the other day? One eighteen, Something like that. For diesel. For diesel. And it's, it, it is getting worse. So, you know, a lot of people will not be able to afford it. I'll run through it later for you, because all many of you probably want to know is, is booze going to go up? Will you end up at the end of the day with more money in your pocket, or will you end up with less money in your pocket? And the chances are you'll probably end up with less money in your pocket. Although, coming into an election, they'd be fools to try and change it. The other thing that I, I get pretty angry about, about uh, there's, there's two stories. There's this one about the foreign benefit scandal, because they're thinking of changing the system. So, for example... There is a High Court ruling, uh, a Portuguese national, OK, living in Britain, won a legal battle, won a legal battle for child benefit for his two daughters in his home country, despite no longer working there and claiming incapacity benefit here. So he comes here, we send money back to his daughters who don't live here, he doesn't work here, but we give him incapacity benef- benefit and he won. And you think to yourself, well, I tell you, any future government better clamp on this very quickly. Because very soon people are going to go, why in God's name are we funding people living abroad who don't even live here? It shows how easy it is. There is a gang in the paper today. And uh, what they did was they pretended they had Polish workers coming in. 55 of them. They managed to get them all registered by finding out that they could get fake national insurance numbers. Quite clearly, nobody ever checked in the benefits office. We paid out something like £450,000 over an 18-month period. And it was so simple to do. It really wasn't difficult. And they got away. And they're the tip of the iceberg. Do you know how much we pay to children living in other countries? Child benefit. £24 million a year goes out to children living in other countries. Small wonder we're being ripped off left, right and centre. Small wonder people absolutely laugh at us. Sorry, we're, we're just trying to get from Sunget to here. Well, you won't be able to do that. Of course we will. Don't be so stupid. Of course we will. And we just disappear into the community. 
disappear in. You know, you find some people who sort of say, listen, come and work here. You can work in a car wash or a restaurant or you can, you know, clean. You can do anything. And you'd be able to do it for ages and claim money and you can claim benefits. Don't have to pay for anything. Good God, this country is so easy to rip off. It's not difficult. It is so easy. Unfortunately for hard-working people, well, suckers. Because you're the ones. I said this, I told the producer this morning. And she went, she couldn't do anything like that. Apart from the fact she's terribly honest. Well, she is when it comes to that. When it comes to DVD players, maybe not as honest. And so, so she says, you know, I'm too honest and I would, I would get caught. I said, I'd be that person. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier on, and uh, he didn't want to do something in his place of work. So he said, oh, I, I can't do this particular meeting. He said, because I'm, I'm going on holiday tonight. I'm going away for a night in a hotel. So the, uh, the boss's assistant said to him, oh, right, where, where are you going? Well, of course, he, he wasn't actually going anywhere, but he couldn't think of anything quick enough. So he said, oh, um, Devon. And so the, the boss's assistant said, oh, right, whereabouts? And he went, um, oh, I can't remember, really. It's just um, down... I booked it on the internet. What's the name of the hotel? He said, and you start going down this line where you're thinking, you know I'm telling a fib, don't you? You know I'm telling a fib, but I'm, I'm determined to bluff it out. And he said, whereabouts is the hotel? He said, I can't remember. I just booked it on the internet. I can't remember. And then he asked something. He said, what do you want? The booking reference? Well, it was, it was, it was quite interesting because I'd been down there before. I remember donkeys years ago. I didn't have any money. I had no money at all. And I came in on a train... Quite, quite dishonestly, to Waterloo, but claimed I'd got on at Clapham Junction. And I got to the ticket barrier, and now you can't get through the ticket barriers because they've got the electronic barriers, and you've got to go, why they didn't put me in years ago, I don't know. So I get to there, and in those days you'd say, oh, um, Clapham Junction, and they'd go 25p or whatever it happened to be. It was so many years ago. And so I said to the guy there, I said, oh, um, Clapham Junction. He said, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. Because I'd never had this before. I'd never actually encountered somebody who was challenging it. So I said, uh, yes, I did. He said, no, you didn't. He said, and I know you didn't. I said, I did. I've just got on at Clapham Junction. Think, and there's people building up behind you, and you're kind of in a catch-22. He said, listen, why don't you just pay the full fare? He said, and stop telling lies. He said, I know you didn't get on at Clapham Junction. He said, because we've got inspectors on the station at Clapham Junction today. So you didn't get on at Clapham Junction. I went, no, OK, right. So I paid the money. I thought, never again... Never, ever again. But some people bluff it. Some people can bluff it and do it very... I can't do it. I'm rubbish at doing it. I cannot tell fibs. I am the most honest person I know. As I sit here, slim, attractive, long, golden blonde hair, with a physique to die for. You know, I mean, I'm that's that kind of honest person. But some people are just good at lying. I'm, I can't do it. I could no more sit on the pavement, holding my hands out, go, got, got some money for a cup of coffee. I couldn't do that. Some people just sit there, they hold their hands out, they can manage to cling on to the pint of special brew at the same time as holding the hand out. I can't do it. I have to be honest. Somebody sees through me. I've got a friend of mine who does exactly the same. I can always tell when he's lying, because he, he starts going red. And, it's, and some people do that. They have little giveaways. They start, that's why customs officers are trained to check people as they come back through. And I've always worried, because sometimes I've got off planes, and it's been a bit hot, and I've started sweating a bit. You know, the top lip goes. You think, what if they're looking at me thinking, drug smuggler? Because Anthony was talking about drugs earlier on and the amount of people who have, um, who have taken drugs now. And he had various people on um, saying that they'd done drugs. And I thought, God, I mean, I do drugs every day of my life. Every God knows what they're doing to the inside of my body. God knows what they're doing. You can only hope that, you know, long-term effect, it's good. Because I watched a programme on the telly. Quite reduced me to tears this morning. At quarter past three, I was in a dreadful state. And it was about... I don't know what it was. I just know it was a guy who was Irish, he'd been in a family, 
Uh, well, he was in a family, and he'd had an accident. He'd been all healthy, and then he was completely paralysed from the neck downwards. He could move his neck, and he could talk and have a conversation, but he couldn't move any part of his body. So he had 24-hour care, and he was only young, and they, he, he wanted to go to Ireland, so they flew him over there. It took 31 hours. They got him there, because he can't move. Really tremendous stuff. And he was having conversations, say, it's great. I remember the horse, and I remember this, and riding. And then they got back to London, and... Um, and they, they, they gave him a new wheelchair, which he could operate himself. And it was fantastic, because he said, look, I can go through, I can go through, I can do this. Operated all by his mouth. He said, this is fantastic. And then came, the, then came the slogan. Ten days later, they got a phone call. Complications had set in, and he died. And I was absolutely gutted. News headlines. It's budget day, the last before the general election, but don't expect any big surprises. The Chancellor's promising to make sensible moves to stimulate the fragile economy. Doctors say a ban on smoking in cars is needed as soon as possible because it's affecting children's health more than first thought. British Airways says it expects to carry even more passengers during this weekend's strike than in the first one. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. If you're heading north... 18 minutes past five, melted cheese and marmite on toast, lovely. It's quite, it's not bad in a panini. Not bad, it's quite nice in a sandwich, but the very idea that you actually make them yourself. I mean, good God, if we all made our own food, there wouldn't be any supermarkets, we'd just be derelict high street, there would be wind blowing leaves down the high street. And they'd be going, what happened? And people have started making their own sandwiches. No. Yeah, Steve Allen did it on the radio and said, you can make your own sandwiches. First of all, Waitrose closed, then Aldi closed. Poundland's still going, because luckily they don't sell sandwiches. Marks and Spencer's went. People started making their own food. Terrible. I mean, God, I don't know why they bother putting kitchens in places. Just a microwave and a little, a little grill would be enough. You don't need an oven. You don't need to cook food. It's done for you. Apparently, Steve says, you can buy half a loaf in the co-op. Cheese and Marmite don't go off. Ooh, dear. Don't know about that. I bet that Audi doesn't go very fast, says Stevie. Silver, think of the weight. Think of the cost. I'm not worried about the weight of it. It's the cost, isn't it? Sainsbury's Deli do a Marmite-flavoured cheese. Do they? Oh, not sure about that. A Marmite-flavoured... Yes, I don't like the sound of that at all. I know you can get cheese with all different things in, but I'm not, I'm not a big cheese lover, actually. I don't... I mean, I, I, I do like, you know, traditional cheeses like cheddar... Devon cheddar, and I do that um, that red Leicester stuff. But uh, apart from that, I do... What do I do occasionally? Occasionally, I do um, that Dutch cheese, Edam, but apparently it's really fattening, so I don't do that very often. Really fattening, Edam. I suppose... Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Because I, I, I quite like it, and I used to think, because it's got holes in it, it's not fattening. <laughs> I thought just assumed. Edam has, yeah. If you actually sort of slice it, there'll be a bit running through, which has got... It's not littered with holes, but it's certainly got bits of holes in it. And then there's that other cheese where they stick electrodes. No, 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 Edam. Edam. I'll bring you in some Edam with holes in it. OK. You're not keeping it, though, because I know what you're like. You go, oh, I lost the prize, can't... Oh, I'll have to keep that and open it. Yeah, lost the receipt for that one, not getting that one back. I've never tried Emmental at all. Never tr- doesn't... Uh, is it a bit bland? I always think they're a bit sort of plastic, all those cheeses. Not my favourite. Dorman Dom says, my best mate Steve Allen. That's like my best mate Marmite, isn't it? You either love it or you hate it. Delighted to say at the moment, you apparently love it, especially according to the uh, to the the, uh, the pictures on the LBC website. You'll be having to use the LBC website later on today, a because you'll want to know what's happening on the budget, and you will want to know as, as you get a little bit older. You have, you have you start taking in more of a 
more of an interest in exactly what's going on. I feel a bit sorry for Fiona Phillips's husband, Martin Frizzell. Martin Frizzell used to be with LBC years and years ago, and he left LBC. He always used to be famous for wearing this grey mac. And he used to have slightly unusually long hair for a man of his age. But he was one of the reporters on LBC for a long, long time. And then he moved to GMTV, and he was at GMTV for ages. Absolutely ages. Ran the newsroom there, and uh, then he married Fiona Phillips, and they've got, I think, two children. But anyway, uh, she decided to quit, I think to spend more time looking after her dad, and also because people get to that stage where you've done breakfast for a long time that you just have to have a break because you go round the twist. If you're trying to juggle home life and a family and and do normal things and the, the demands that are placed on celebrities... Uh, to go out and have lunch and do this luncheon and do that lunch. I say no to everything. I find it's much easier, unless it's absolutely something that I really desperately, desperately want to do, or it's for friends. I just, I just say no. I can't do it during the week. It's not physically possible. Anthony and I have had long discussions about how difficult it is to do other things, and his sleep pattern is all over the place. But Martin Frizzell, according to Fiona Phillips, is thinking of becoming a cab driver or a bartender. Because cab drivers make, a, well, just a little bit of money, don't they? Enough to sort of put yourself in uh, in a nice situation, I suppose, for the rest of life. And the good news is, if you become a licensed cab driver, you know, black cab, you can go out and work whenever you like. You could just sort of go, I haven't got any money at the moment, I'll just get in the cab and go and earn some money for tonight. You go out, you do a few few jobs, come back in, you've got the money. It's And it's a cash job. Nobody ever gets out and goes, uh, I make the cheque payable to whom? Doesn't happen like that. Some take credit cards and some do account work, but most of the time it's it's a cash business. And the earlier you start in the morning, the better it is. Although, why you'd want to work too early, I don't know. I've been up to Waterloo Station when Paul Savory's dropped me up there, and there could be a hundred cabs waiting there for a fare in the morning. Me, I'd be driving around the streets. I don't want to sit there in a line. Unless, of course, you make that much money. I know the old cab driver argument. Or, in fact, a cab driver waved at me the other day. I was waiting, because I'm quite recognisable. I think I think the pink miniskirt does it every time. A little bit Alex Reed. So I'm standing on the corner and this guy hoots and waves. And of course I wave back because I wave to I don't care. Somebody hoots, I wave. I'm, Hi. Like that. I waved at somebody the other day and some rather butch uh, workers in the middle lorry. They were sitting in a tr- I thought I was waving at them. So they all wave back. They, Woo. <laughs> Which was nice. But the very idea, I think, that uh, Martin Brazell could be a cab driver. God help you all out there if he does. Or a bartender. Bit old for being a bartender. I think he must be in his... Uh, I think 50s. I think 50. Uh, it's so funny, actually. It says here, Martin's finding it hard not having a job, confesses Fiona, who's been married to 50-year-old Scott Frizzell for 12 years. I thought they were calling him Scott, as in Scott Windsor, as in Barbara's husband. It's not, because he is a Scot. He's Scottish. And that's what they say. I think he's a bit old to be a bartender, because bartenders tend to be young and look a bit like Tom Cruise, don't they? Isn't that it? Oh, there's a new bikini out. This one's called a bumkini. And it's, um, it's a bit bizarre, really. It's been designed by a Californian psychologist for that read. Crazy. They're all balmy, aren't they, over in California? But this one, uh, it's an undergarment. It gives a lift to sagging derrieres and achieves the peachy rear made famous by the curvy singing star Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez. So, in other words, it lifts your ass up. And um, I've looked at it. I'm trying to think if my Auntie Enid could wear this, because, frankly, at the moment, hers is dragging on the floor. And I'm thinking, how much rigging would it take to get it up? But this, uh, this, um, this... I don't, I don't think women are going to wear it. I don't think you're going to worry too much. Listen, who worries about what their bum looks like? You don't walk down the beach thinking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, pretty cute ass. Nobody worries about that, do you? You just worry about, you know, does my hair look all right from the front? Is my makeup okay? 
And we were talking about people going to America, Anthony and I, because we get this two-minute break. You know, while the news is on, he sort of finishes off next door, comes in, and we get about two minutes. And, and I was saying that there's a story in the paper today that Joe Kalzaki, remember Joe Kalzaki's going out with that Christian Ryanov, who's one of these Romanian dancers who cakes and trowels the old makeup on and bleaches the hair to, uh, to oblivion. And he wants to go to America to make it as an actor. He says, because, you know, I've played a hard man all my life. Yes, dear, but then you went dancing and uh, you became a bit, bit woofy, I think, on that one. And also, they don't, he doesn't say a lot, Joe Kalzaki. He's, he's a man of quite simple words. And so he thinks he's going to go to America and he's going to be snapped up as an actor. Are these people delusional or are they just stupid? Do they start believing their own publicity? People go, you should be an actor. Listen, if Vinnie Jones can make it, not, uh, then, then you can as well. So he said, I want to go to America and be an actor. And Anthony reminded me that there was a piece in, uh, I think, Closer magazine. It's obviously taken to having it delivered on subscription. Uh, about Adele Silver. Do you remember Adele Silver? Adele Silver was in Emmerdale, went out with Anthony Costa, lived with Anthony Costa, and they were all in the paper today. Well, apparently they went to the same school. Well, she went to America to make it as an actress. She's working as a shop girl, I'm afraid. As a shop girl. In, uh, while she's going to acting classes. You kind of feel like saying, listen, darling, save your money. Because... They've got a million people like you over there. What they don't want is something tall like that. They don't want that. You know, there'd be people like Kate Winslet who can make it and, and other people. But I'm afraid Adele Silver, what have you done, darling? Let's have a look at your history. Oh, you've done those sort of raunchy shots, have you? I don't think we'll be using it. Why do these people not think that this, all this stuff that they do now, where somebody goes, go on, get them out for the boys, that's what they like, go on, shove, go on, go on, go on, push them together, give us a nice cleavage, that is going to come back to bite you on the bottom. And in America, they don't want anything to do with it. You start doing that sort of, not glamour modelling, but that kind of titillation stuff. No way, Jose. Thank you very much indeed. Listen, they don't even want surgically enhanced breasts in Pirates of the Caribbean. So why they'd want somebody who's done, you know, semi-topless stuff? They don't want it. They can't, let's face it, the country went into meltdown over Janet Jackson's boob falling out. <laughs> God, that was a career move. And, and the country, I mean, people were asking questions. Churches were going into overdrive. People going there, this is disgusting, this is awful, this is terrible. And, and, and then you, and they're going to put up with Adele Silver? Of course they're not. This woman spent more time in a bikini than anybody else. She spent more time. They won't take any notice of her at all. And I feel like saying, listen, darling, they'll, they'll take your money for acting classes, but they won't give you any jobs. They really won't. I'm ever so sorry. And it's very sweet, but I suggest you come back and try and... Try to do something else. If you get a job in a shop over there, why didn't you get a job in a shop over here? Look, do you think it's not going to filter back? Do people just think there's a big wall built between us and America and anything you do over there will not be talked about here? Of course it will. Like in the paper today, they've, uh, Cheryl Cole, they reckon, has got a new man. Alex Reed has been offered to me as an interview. I know, I know. He's been offered to everybody. But he's been offered to me. Quite clearly hasn't heard the programme. Listen, saucy boy, if you think I'm having a cross-dresser coming in my studio, dressing up as some peculiar-looking creature who's married... Oh, no, you're married to that peculiar-looking creature. I do beg your pardon. Think again. Alex Reed, apparently, according to the paper today, is struggling with fame. But, darling, you're not famous. You're married to that hideous creature. But apparently he's now turned to a spiritual healer to help get him through it. God, you are feeble and weak, aren't you? Anyone in the business, 35 seconds, and already... You're, you're, you're at a spiritual healer. Christ love, you want to get into the real world, pal. But uh, very luckily, Cheryl Cole has found a nice man, and it's Will I Am. It's not his real name. His real name is William James Adams Jr. Because they're all called that. And, uh, and here she is, sticking two fingers up to the law. 
which is fantastic. It's Alex Curran, otherwise known as uh, old Cheeky Chops, out there. Good old Alex Curran. The reason she's sticking two fingers up to the law is because she was going off for lunch, but she couldn't actually be bothered to find somewhere to park, so she just stuck it on double yellow lines. Let's face it, what's a £40 ticket when your old man's getting 110000 a week? Couldn't give a stuff. You know, what I'd have done is come down there, hoist it up in a car and go, you have to pay to get it back now, love. Two fingers up. Mind you, they thought the cameraman would have reminded her. I'm always tempted to ask you, Alex, darling, what do you do for a living? I mean, is there something that you do that we can put our finger on, or are you just a professional wag? Or somebody who sort of cocks a snoot at the law. I'd love to know. If anybody can uh, anybody tell me about that one, I'd be fascinated. 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. It's what your right finger's for. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along. Special day today. It's Wednesday and it's budget day. And budget day means that later on you'll be working out whether or not you're going to be better off or Worse off. Also, apparently, why man flu isn't his fault? It's because he's so macho. Because watching a bloke battle about of man flu is not a pretty sight. Snuffly nose, hacking cough and hangdog expression. There's no surprise that women are regarded as the more stoic of the sexes. Apparently, uh, what it is that makes men such sickly sorts who take to their beds at the first sign of a sniffle, it's apparently all down to the inherent masculine drive for adventure and danger. You remember that advert on the television? Are you all right? And, and his mum would go, all right, mum. And then we talk like that, we've got a cold. I don't know why, I've never spoken like that when I've had a cold. I talk perfectly normally. Just to smoke different cigarettes. And they go, this'll do, well, thank you, mum. You know, because mum gave him cough mixture or whatever. I've had to do the same with the producer this morning. You know, luckily, I'm a walking chemist. I mean, there's not many things I haven't got with me. And she comes in and she goes... I got the cold. Oh, God, we're going to suffer with that all day, you know. So I said, luckily, I've got some tablets. So, in fact, I'm quite good, actually, because the last time Mohammed, my driver, had a cold, I had the same tablets. Then I gave some to somebody. Then Matt, the other week, had a cold, so I gave him some tablets. Now her. Oh, it's five quid a pop, this, every time I have to go out. I mean, thank the... Well, if I'm affected in the budget, I tell you, I'm going to start claiming back for it. Ridiculous. But they are good. I only swear by Benelin day and night tablets for the simple reason that out of all the things I've tried, and over the years, I've done the whole lot... Benelin, uh, cough mixture, Beecham's powders, Beecham's hot lemon, this hot lemon, that rubbish. Absolutely, they're all rubbish because there is no cure for the common cold. There is no, because it's a virus. You effectively have to wait. You would do better to go and sit in a sauna for three hours sweating it out your body than you would actually swallowing tablets. It's a proven fact. Well, it's not fair. Yeah, but I mean, th- gives us, who gives us stuff about you sitting in a sauna? You started going, just working one of those again, are you? Oh, God, I knew, I knew she'd go down this route. She was only saying to me the other week, she said, I just need to earn a little bit extra money. I had no idea she was starting in the sauna business that soon. She had it built, apparently, in the kitchen. She decided to buy her sandwiches at Marks & Spencer, so she's put in this wooden Nordic sauna thing. People pop round there. And even stuck a little light in the front porch so they can see their way up there, which is quite nice. So, but it's, it's, it's the only thing that gets it out your way. If, if you remember, the government closed down their Common Cold Research Institute probably about ten years ago. And that was a holiday for a lot of people. People would go up there and uh, you, they would stay there for two weeks and they would inject you with, with this cold and you would sit there and you would snuffle your way through two weeks of misery. So people went up there because you got paid for it and it was a series of Nissan huts. It was in Salisbury, I think, yeah. And people would take books up there and it was a holiday. And they'd go there and you'd suffer for, with a cold for two weeks. And in the end they went, we're not going to find a cure for it so we'll close it down. And the industry's worth billions a year. Because you know when you feel bad and then you start going... 
you get the hacking cough, and you think, I've got to have something. Whereas the best thing really for you is to go to bed and sweat it out. Go to bed, have some hot milk with a spoonful of whiskey in there and some sugar, drink that, go to bed, get a great night's sleep, and in the morning you should feel better. Failing that, Benalyn, day and night tablets. Because <laughs> I've tried the lot. My mum used to get, let's get the Beecham's powders out. So you go to the bathroom, you get the little packet out, you pour it in. It never did anything. I still had this cold you know, the next day, because there is no cure for it. But everybody's got their own, haven't they? Some people swear by mother's, uh, mother's chicken soup, and that one works for something. Believe you me, I've tried the lot. I tried tomato soup when I was ill last time. <laughs> tomato soup. All it did was hurt my throat. Because my throat was so sore through the blast. You remember that cough I had that would not go. It would not go. And I coughed and, co- and I thought, oh, something to soothe it. And yesterday, I was a bit naughty. I went into... Because remember I told you the other day, and I've, I've checked on the price again, actually. Four tins of beans, Heinz beans, in Iceland, £2.16. £2.16. Eight tins, £3. So I bought... Eight tins. Eight tins. They come in packs of four, so you just put two packs in the thing. And um, I'm going to start making my own, because, to be honest with you, it's much cheaper. So I've, I've brought a tin mill, and uh, I'm starting to grow beans. It's a long, slow process, but eventually... And then I've brought a printing press. So far, I've laid out 6742000 but worth every penny to make my own beans. And so I went home, and I thought, I'll have beans. So I had Lancashire hot pot and beans. And between you and me and the gatepost, I didn't... I can't make my own hot pot. They make it for you. They make it for you. It comes in a foil thing. You put it in the halogen oven. Fifteen minutes later, it's bubbling and golden. And then I just added a tin of beans and I was happy as Larry. Happy as Larry. You couldn't find it. Oh, and I watered the hanging baskets. Because I just felt like watering the hanging baskets. I felt in quite a good mood, actually. I did all sorts of things yesterday. I was, I was feeling quite industrious. I was preparing myself, I'm afraid, for the... Uh, for the uh, the whole idea of the budget. Luckily, I don't smoke. The drink's not... If you know, put a penny on a bottle of wine, it's not going to make any difference to me. It's the petrol price going up. That's the only problem. Mick in Langley says, On the way out of London, last petrol station at Junction 2 on the M4 charges £1.15 for unleaded. He said, three miles away, £1.25. See, the trouble is, on these 24-hour garages, Mick, you know, they, they charge more. And the it's like, if, if you go to Marks & Spencer... Uh, in Twickenham, it's more expensive than the big Marks and Spencers. There's about there's five p here, penny there, ten pence there, because they're open later, as so you pay for it. The Marks and Spencers in the garages are more expensive than anywhere else. And but unless you actually check it, I've got I've got no idea. Well done to the Jewish Chronicle, because they have found a silver lining in last week's breakup of director Sam Mendes and Kate Winslet. They pointed out that Mendes becomes. Once again, one of the world's most elig- eligible Jewish men. <laughs> Only the Jewish Chronicle could do that one. Well done. Here's a member of the gang, Petra Bogar, the migrant gang who defrauded a half a million pounds from Benefits Britain. Why? Because it's easy. It's easy peasy. It's Listen, if a thicko like him can do it, we can all do it. But we don't, because we were brought up to be honest. We were brought up to work. If you want that, you work for it. I don't... I know many people now live hand-to-mouth. Credit cards here, credit cards there. You know, I haven't got any money, I'll go and take some money out of the... I see people using credit cards in supermarkets. I'm thinking, you're paying HP for your food. I see them in restaurants using credit cards. I pay cash. I I feel it's safer that way anyway. It's got nothing probably to do with the the financial side of it. But that's the problem now. We've actually become a a want-it-now society. We don't want to wait for it. So they say, would you like the, this car now? Uh, well, I can't afford it. Well, you can, sir, because we can do easy payments. 
And that's what we've, we've become. We've actually become the country that, that goes down the road of HP. Whereas my parents' generation, and many of you listening this morning, if you wanted something, you saved up for it. The only thing you had on HP would be your television and the cooker. Those would be the two items in the house, because they were the two items you watched the most. Probably your car, but that would be pushing it. Most people bought second-hand. We didn't know anybody who bought a brand-new car. Nowadays, people have got to have the cars, they've got to have this, they've got to have the clothes, they've got to have the right... Le- what does it say on there? Marks and Spencer's. You should be wearing Gantt, you should be wearing Boss. I've got Boss. I've got Gantt. Doesn't fit, but I've got it. I've got all this stuff. And it does become... Kids at school, what watch you got there? Uh, it's a Timex. <laughs> Timex. Oh, dear. You want a Lessie or something like that? Or you want, you know, Raymond Vile? Or you just want one of the makes? You got Rolex? Oh, I've got fake Rolex. Well, you can't wear that. It's rubbish. My dad, my dad's a cab driver. He bought me a Rolex. You know, that's how it works in schools now. So when you see all these people going around wearing it, you don't seriously think half these poor stars who turn up to nightclubs... Actually, I mean, guess who turned up to the open? I knew it was going to be a disaster. Alton Towers, the other day, opened a new ride... So I nearly did a very funny joke, but I suddenly realised it was this early in the morning. Anyway, so they've opened this new ride. Who do they invite up there? They invite Gail Porter. It's a real A-list load of people. Jennifer Ellison and her husband. And Callum Best. And that page three numpty who was sent the text by uh, Vernon Kay. And you think, well, I don't think I want to go there, thank you very much indeed. It's quite clearly very down market. I heard the other day a friend of mine, my, my friend Graham, has got an account at Coots. Now... I don't know if you know about Coots, but it's, it's one of the major banks. It's owned by the Royal Bank of Scotland, but it was a family bank in the same way that Childs, Drummonds, Rothschilds, they were all rich banking families, but they're now affiliated. So I think you'll find that Drummonds and Coots are with the Royal Bank of Scotland, which is, of course, the uh, National Westminster Bank as well. But he's got an account with Coots. Now, the stipulation of Coots is that you've got to keep a minimum of 10,000 in your current account, and you must have a quarter of a million on savings. That's the stipulation of having an account there. Other banks are different. You know, you could have this account, provided you've got, you keep £1,000 a month paid in or something like that. But with, with Coots, it's £10,000 in your current account. You must not go under £10,000 in your current account. And you've got to have a quarter of a million pounds. If you've got more than that, that's even better. And then I discovered that somebody on this programme has got an account with Coots. And, and it's kind of cheapened it a bit for me. I can't tell you who it is, but it's, and I've thought, well, if they've got it, I'm not sure I want to join Coots. I think I want to join Drummond's, I've decided. Because I've been to Drummond's for lunch, and I, I quite liked it. I thought it was, it was quite... It's old-fashioned. It's like going to Fortnum and Mason's, and the men wear the frock coats. And it's, it's, a, it's a different thing, and, and you're just sort of away from people who cheat the system and stuff like that. Even though there was somebody who worked, I think... Uh, was it for Fortnum and Masons and managed to cheat? I remember that story in the paper ages and ages ago. Uh, and here she is again, and I think she started believing her own publicity. This is uh, Helen Flanagan. You know who Helen Flanagan is. Rosie Webster in Coronation Street. She started going out over-made up, I'm afraid. Now, we remember her ten years ago. She does look a little bit like a Barbie doll now, wearing wholly inappropriate clothes. And they've done a feature, they've said, oh, she's blossomed on the streets. They've got a picture of what she was like when she was ten. And now they say, wait for this, she's a stunning, fully-fledged star. Now, I've told you this before, she's not a star. She's just an actress who's only ever worked in Coronation Street. She's not a star. I wish we'd stop banding these stupid words around, because it really gets on my nerves. Stars were people who featured in the Hollywood movies. Marilyn Monroe was a star because she never owned anything. When she went out, if she had to go to a premiere, they'd send a car, she'd get to the studio, 
They'd make her up, drape her in the fur and the diamonds, whiz her off to the opening, she'd do da, and then at the end of it, they take her back to the studio, all the clothes are come off, she's back in the dungarees, taken back home, end of story. Small wonder these people turn to drugs. It's a false lifestyle. Now, of course, they all turn up to these clubs. They go, oh, it's Joe Kalzaki. Oh, Joe, oh, Joe. Look, look, if I thrust my breasts out, I can get a picture with you in the camera. And then I'd be in the paper and I'd be famous. And then I'd marry a footballer. And I don't care what anybody says, but Nadine Coyle, darling, you're too thin. You're too thin. You know what she said? And I've heard this a million times. For girls who go too thin, Nadine Coyle, of course, um, is that lovely Northern Ireland girl who was in Girls Aloud and looked absolutely lovely. Now, she's skinny as a rake. But, she says here, uh, my big weakness is a good fry-up, chocolates and mashed potato. Stop telling lies. You need to get a grip on yourself. She's looking painfully thin. She says, when I go back to Derry, I always enjoy a good fry-up that my mum makes. It's my big weakness. I also eat too much chocolate. I'm sorry, darling. I'm sorry. I might look stupid, and I might occasionally say stupid things, but I don't... Look at this. Look. This is... This is oh, painfully shame. thin, darling. Shame. You need to... I mean, she looks like a bag of beans, says one nutritionist here. I mean, she looks skeletal. She said to have lost £10 in the past two months. Seven stone two she is. I'm sorry, darling. For somebody your height, this is not good. She says she's been exercising. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You don't eat potatoes and junk food and chocolate and end up this skeletal. You need to get some help very, very quickly. And I would rely on the other members of Girls Allowed to help her. They're all supposed to be friends. All supposed to be friends. Uh, time coming up to quarter to six. More of your texts and uh, emails. 84850 uk. These are the stories. It's Budget Day, the last one before the general election, and the Chancellor's promising it'll be sensible and workmanlike. Drivers, smokers and drinkers are all likely to be targeted. British Airways says it'll run more flights during the next round of cabin crew strikes this weekend, including a full operation at Gatwick and extended services from Heathrow. Doctors are calling for a ban on smoking in cars. This is after a new report showed passive smoking causes at least 22,000 new cases of asthma and wheezing in children every year. Have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve, if you are heading on to the M11. Steve Allen. Morning, every 13 minutes to six. Oh, jump out. I'm remonstrating with myself. Occasionally I get things wrong. It depends how my sugar levels are. It's my excuse. And uh, Scott says, I know you're a fanatic for getting things right, so I thought I'd mention it's Scott Mitchell and not Scott Windsor. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm the only real Mitchell out of the lot of them, Peggy Grant. Phil. Imposters. Hope to see you soon. Sorry about that. I don't know why I thought it was Scott Windsor. I don't know why. Because there was actually a character in one of the soaps called Scott Windsor. And I think it might have been in... Was it in Neighbours? Is it Emmerdale? That's right, Emmerdale with Scott Windsor. And you're far more attractive, Scott. Far more attractive. There you go. Hope you have a nice day today. Lydia says, I saw the programme about the Irish guy in the wheelchair. What a sad story. So inspirational. Never gave up and wanted to try everything. Very sad he died. Ten days after he got his new wheelchair. I mean, I just... I sat there and I'm watching this. And as I'm watching telly in the morning, I, I flick round. I try and catch up and see who's, who's sort of done what in the news and who's thinking of doing what and who's been with what and all that kind of stuff. And I saw this programme. I was sort of watching it thinking, God, the work that goes in. He had three carers because he couldn't do anything. And you, you do think about yourself. You do worry when you look at these programmes on television and think, God, if I'm going to go, I hope I go quick. I hope I go very quick. I don't want to be in a wheelchair or housebound or have to rely on people to do things. Because it, I just feel as I'm, I could be an imposition to people. And I'd be... You know, I just want a pain I'd be, can't you? Don't want to go to toilet. All right, I do want to go to toilet. 
Nope, I definitely don't want to go to toilets. Uh, Lydia said, very sad when he died. I agree. I was, I was, I thought it was so sad. His mum was lovely and his dad and his brothers and just very sad. It's always sad when things like that happen. Terribly sad. Nick in East London said, there's no holes in Edam. I can show you holes in Edam. I can show you. Jim says, I know when my wife is lying, her lips, her, her lips move, especially after clothes shopping. Can you point me in the right direction of the iPhone where I can get the LBC podcast? It's on the LBC website. I think it's on the gadget page, Christopher. It's on the gadget page. So go to lbc.co.uk. You'll find it there. Don says, toasted peanut butter and marmite. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. That sounds a bit sick-making. I I could eat peanut butter on toast quite a lot. In fact, I could, at one point, go through a whole loaf of bread with peanut butter on. And there's one guy here who has marmite but he has it thickly spread like jam. Now, that is too much for me. Too much. Uh, Lynn says, I wonder if you've seen the advert, Steve, promoting Alex Reed and his up-and-coming fight. It's billed as the fight of his life. Very funny. Old programme's very funny, I'm afraid. Um, Sean says, you sound like a drug dealer dishing out all those pills. I know, well, I mean, they are drugs. The difference is they're legal. They're legal. Happy birthday to uh, Sheila, 21 again, says Michelle in Rochester. I'm taking her out for lunch. Roy says baked beans, full of sugar. Nah, not these ones. These are sugar-free. Ah, I'm not silly. I know, I know how many sugar bags of sugar there are in beans. Uh, Connie says everybody's a liar at Clapham Junction. I go there every day and see it for myself. Next time you go there, let me know and I shall help you. And Andy says up in Northumberland, we pay between one eighteen for derv and one twenty. Yet in Cumbria, they're at least eight p cheaper. Go figure. I can't work out things like that. I'm hopeless at stuff like that. I can't work at anything. Especially if it comes to maths. I mean, I've, I, you know, I, I know what a £10 note looks like, and I know what an £80 DVD player looks like. At least I thought I did. So, so do you now? I know. It's exciting, isn't it? Very good. Uh, there's um, another bloke in the papers. That, come on, I tell you, every day we open up the papers, there's another crooked bloke. This one is a parking meter repair man. Unfortunately, he decided that as there were a load of coins in there, he'd help himself. So over a period of time, over six years, he stole £70,000. I mean, it doesn't seem a lot compared to the other benefit fraudsters, but uh, they actually know because in each meter, there's a, in each parking meter that took money, and many of them don't now, there is a meter that tells them how much money it's taken. They've only got to read the thing. It's not difficult. It's like somebody coming around reading at your, uh, at your house when they do your meter, because I spend my life getting estimated bills, estimated bills here, there and everywhere, and I always like to pay the whole thing. Somebody did send me, and I'm very grateful, the, uh, the 12 days of Christmas... And uh, it was very funny. This is the one which I can't read it all out because it's terribly rude, I'm afraid. But it starts off day one. My dearest darling John, the postman delivered your present, a partridge and a pear tree. How original and what a thoroughly delightful gift. You spoil me terribly with deepest love and affection, Agnes. And then it, it goes on. Day four. Dear John, what can I say? Four beautiful calling birds arrived with the postman this morning. Your kindness is too much. You really are romantic. Affectionately, Agnes. And so, so then it goes on. Day six. Dear John, when I opened the door this morning, there were actually six bloody great geese laying eggs all over the front step. So we're back to the birds again, are we? Where on earth do you think I can keep them all? The neighbours are beginning to complain and I can't sleep for the racket at night. Please stop. Yours cordially, Agnes. And by the time you get to the end, she hates him with such a passion. She's taking out a contract on him. Very funny. I do love it. So thank you for that. It was almost as good as the recipe we had last year for the Christmas cake, which just made me laugh anyway. Oh, 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 oh. You always ask, and I'm willing to tell you. I want to tell you. I'm waiting to tell you. I'm itching to tell you. How much 
the uh, how low gifts go for. Friday and Sunday's how low. On Friday, I had a 32-inch Samsung LCD television. Wait for this. One by an Amanda from London. Have you got a television to go with your DVD player? She paid 45 pence for it. That was the winning bid at 6.16. On Sunday, my Dell laptop went to Enfield, Lorraine... Had a bid of 75 pence. Lorraine got the Dell laptop for 75 pence, and that bid was made at 10.54. I reckon that was a late bid. So two good winners in the How Low competitions. Uh, an indication to you, ladies and gentlemen, to, um, to have a go at the How Lows, probably this Sunday. And I will tell you, this, there's a lot to remember now, because A, the clocks go forward, because we spring forward, so you're losing an hour, and then my programme goes back an hour. So we start at seven in the morning, seven in the morning. And from now on, it'll be seven to ten. I don't remember the time of the thing. Seven till ten on Sunday. But this weekend, because it throws foot. Just remember, you've got to reset everything. All the clocks. You're all right. The television will do it automatically. And the DVD player will probably do it automatically because it's linked into the television. But I've got two in the kitchen, three in the bedroom, four in the bedroom, uh, one in the bathroom, one in the car, one on my wrist... It's a load of clocks, isn't it? When you think about it, what a load of old clocks that we've got to change. Uh, Peter. Peter Goodman. And I go back many years. Peter Goodman uh, used to run Radio Gosh, which was the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Kids radio station. The only radio station that used to transmit. The only hospital radio station that transmitted. So the kids could take their radios in and turn the dial and they could listen to the radio. And I think it was the first radio station that Paul McCartney gave an interview to. After all the years, he wanted to give it to, uh, to Radio Gosh. Because Peter used to come in and tell us what was going on. I went up there and I did, I did a documentary on hospital radio stations. But he says, my good neighbours, Kevin and Geraldine, listen every morning. He says, it would be nice if you could please say hello or something on air. OK, so you can have hello and something. There you go. So, Kevin and Geraldine. That's from me, but it was, it was courtesy of, uh, courtesy of, uh, of Peter. Uh, and Paul, who lives in Richmond, who, who wakes up. He says, I woke up early this morning... I thought I'd flick the radio on to hear you. Uh, sounds, uh, so he said, the last time I tuned in, you were poorly. Hope you're feeling better. Sounded as on fire as ever. Do you know, I was talking about you, Paul, the other day to somebody, and what the dickens I was saying, I can't remember. I can't, we, you just came up in conversation. I said, ah, Paul, he lives in Richmond. I remember him moving to Richmond. And somebody said, oh, where is he? I said, he's in, he's in the same place as he was before. And they said, you sure? I said, absolutely. Uh, other t- of your uh, texts and uh, emails coming in today. Oh, LBC, as you know, are broadcasting the Chancellor's live speech at 12.30 with reaction and analysis straight after. Lynn Foldswood will be talking to our political correspondent, Tom Cheel. Plus, of course, we want to hear what you have to say. Later on, Ben Bradshaw will be a guest of James Whale between 4 and 7. And then Thursday morning from 7, Nick Ferrari is broadcasting live from Westminster. So more post-budget reaction, and we'll focus on the forthcoming election. That's all today on LBC. Don't miss it. There's no... I mean, I've said to you before, and I'm not saying it in any way, shape or form, because I get paid by this company, but frankly, you'd be an idiot to retune the radio to anything else. There's no point today. We'll all be there. We'll do it in a language that everybody will understand... You know, not done in a patronising way. Here's another minister. You know, not done like that. It'll be something you understand, and then you can have your say, and you can ask the questions. You'll be able to ask Tom Chit, what does that mean? What does that mean for me as a single parent, you know, running a very expensive big Bentley? You know, that kind of stuff you can ask. So, speech live from 12.30, then Lynn Foldswood talking to Tom Cheel, and then Ben Bradshaw 
with James Whale between four and seven. Just some of the highlights today on LBC 97.3. Uh, Jane Moore is reading the papers with Nick today, which is good because I was just looking at her column and she's made a very pertinent comment, uh, which I'll bring you in a moment, about Jackie Budden and Jack Tweed. But uh, also, I was just going to mention, actually, uh, the L- excellent LBC travel page. I don't know if you've ever seen the travel page. I know many of you go onto the LBC website. That's thousands upon thousands of you. But check out the travel page, which is lbc.co.uk forward slash traffic. lbc.co.uk forward slash traffic. And you can check out the Steve Allen pictures as well, as indeed many, many of you uh, have. And only an Aussie man, says Ivor, can make you feel like a woman. It's the story of a plane passing through a severe storm. The turbulence was awful. Things went from bad to worse when one wing was struck by lightning. One woman lost it completely. She stood up in front of the plane and screamed, I'm too young to die. And then she yelled, if I'm going to die, I want my last minutes on earth to be memorable. Is there anyone on this plane who can make me feel like a woman? For a moment there was silence. Everyone stared at the desperate woman in the front of the plane. Then the man from Australia stood up in the rear of the plane. He was handsome, tall, well-built, with dark brown hair and hazel eyes. Slowly, he started to walk up the aisle, unbuttoning his shirt as he went, one button at a time. No one moved. He removed his shirt. Muscles rippled across his chest. She gasped, and then he spoke. Iron this, and then get me a beer. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Thank you, Ivor, very much indeed. Apparently, we had a problem. Did we have a problem with the podcast yesterday? Uh, we don't think so. It says, yes, they have, but they've been a bit... And I tell you why they've been playing up, and it's, it's through no fault of anybody's. It's the fact that the machine, which was... And they've now adjusted it so that it can cope with the increased traffic. Uh, was having a problem with so many people downloading at the same time, and it just went into into meltdown. And the other day, I think it put up about a second or something, and they decided to give up. So it was all re- rebooted. So it should all be fine. It's all back on there again. So uh, if if you had problems with it yesterday, and I do like to check, do let us know. And uh, if, if there's something the matter with it, we will sort it out for you. Because it, it's not much fun. I know you rely on them every day, so we'll try and sort those out for you as quick as possible. OK? News coming up very shortly. LBC this Wednesday morning. How do we do in the horse racing? Oh, you'll have to wait and find out. And Steve Hargrave will have some music news. Coming up this afternoon from four, it's James... Morning, everybody. Budget day. Nice to have your company. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I mentioned Jane Moore earlier on. She's in to do the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning. And she mentions in her column Jeff Brazier, who kept his and Jade Goody's two young sons away from her memorial service because he didn't want them bumping into her ex, Jack Tweed. Quite right too, says Jane Moore. Party-loving Tweed attended the memorial alongside Jade's mother, Jackie Button, who was pictured snorting cocaine at the weekend. Jay died, aged 27, through no fault of her own, from cervical cancer a year ago. That, too, of the people closest to her didn't see her needless death as a reason to make something good of their own lives is pathetic. I absolutely agree. They're an absolute disgrace to Jay's name. Absolutely. And Jane will be telling you that a little bit later on this morning. She's talking as well about Charlotte Church, uh, who's... You know, the moment people go back on television, they apparently go, got to go on a diet, got to go on a diet. Because I think we've got um, Suzanne... Something, who was Darren Day's ex. She's going into Emmerdale. Suzanne Shaw. She's had to go on a major diet because she's going back into... Or she's going into Emmerdale. She doesn't want to appear fat. Charlotte Church has had to lose a load of weight because she's going back on television. Well, we know you've lost the weight, fatty. So what difference it make? But, yeah, but now she's not fat. But then people go fat, they go thin. They go fat, they go thin, they go fat, they go thin. Who cares? Doesn't, doesn't matter. 
You know, Jane Moore could waddle towards me this morning looking like a sumo wrestler. Wouldn't make any difference to me. Well, I don't know, it might actually. I'll think about that one for a bit later on. And uh, memo to Formula One star Lewis Hamilton, says Jane, who thinks he can go to China and buy a fake designer handbag for his girlfriend because they'll never know the difference. Young man, says Jane, you clearly still have a lot to learn about women. Of course, women always know fakes. And then there's the story of the girl called uh, Jo, who worked at Heathrow Airport, and who accidentally entered the Heathrow X-ray machine. How you accidentally enter it, I have no idea. But only one, one of her colleagues pushed the button and commented on the size of her bosom. She's off work with stress at the moment. It's a whole page in The Sun today. In fact, she can't face doing anything at all. Um, she's, she's so traumatised by the whole thing, she's had to take time off. And everybody's complained about these machines. They're saying, oh, it's, you know, paedophiles can use them and this kind of thing and that kind of thing, and it'll encourage the wrong sort of people. But this, this woman here is very... She says, I can't bear to think about the body scanner thing. I'm totally traumatised. I've spoken to the police about it. I'm in too much of a state to go to work. Taking a bit far, isn't it? I thought people sat on photocopying machines and photocopied their bottom and everybody had a good laugh at it. But, uh... Not just me again, isn't it? Yes, I, I thought it... Actually, I have to hold my hands up. I've never done that in my entire life. Just in case anybody listening thinks that maybe I spent my life sitting on photocopiers. I haven't got the energy to get myself up on one now. But good news for Cheryl Cole. Even when I make mistakes or a bad choice, I hope I'm an inspiration to other women. Why? What, what is this? Why do people have to be an inspiration to other people? I'm sure people can make up their own minds. They're not like sheep, Cheryl. They don't have to follow you. And let's face it, it took you enough, you know, to try and get you to sort of change... But Ashley Cole was out the other day. It's amazing how different Cheryl looks when you see her dressed up in normal clothes and just with her normal hair, without all being zhuzhed for the television. Because people do get zhuzhed a lot. And uh, and she's had a, a whale of a tyne, T-Y-N-E, because from Tyneside, uh, as she pulled a series of funny faces when they talked about her accent. I'd love to de X Factor USA, but I didn't think they're not what I'm tucking a boot. Because they're not going to have the faintest idea, are they, in America? They're going to go, hello, lovely, you look lovely. I'd love to be on X Factor. I mean, you know, we can, we can understand Ant and Decker. I don't think we're going to get a glimmer, I'm afraid, out of Cheryl. That's what makes me laugh. People go, I think I'll go to America. Like, you just waltz into America, and there's a job waiting for you. Go go to America and find, you know, like, marry sort of pop star, something like that, because I'm Cheryl. And here's my family. <laughs> and that's when they go, oh, dear. Oh, good news, Leanne Treadwell, the jockey. Do you remember... After Claire Balding went, get those teeth sorted, love. And he went, oh, because he didn't actually have any. They were all, it was a bit tombstone. And so it, it was awful. But uh, he's had 15 visits to a cosmetic dentist and uh, spent £30,000. I think he got it for free. I think he got it for free. I think there are a number of uh, dentists uh, who actually offered to do Yeah, in fact, they've even mentioned the name of the place where he got it done. So it was quite clearly a freebie. 15 visits, though. We talked about the dentist. <laughs> yeah, ooh, like your teeth go. Horrible, horrible. Um, Steve, have Rich and Judy retired from television altogether? Um, I think she has. I think uh, he hasn't. And I think Chloe, because she's a marvellous inspiration to uh, people get the wheel of the car, have a little rinky-poos. And uh, I think she's going to be doing that ghastly Live at Five programme with... Um, Two other ghastly people. Uh, can you please wish my mum, Pat, Steve, a happy 70th birthday? She loves the show. You make her laugh so much, she nearly fell out of bed yesterday. Oh, that's all I need, isn't it? There'll be a lawsuit now. My mother laughed, she fell out of bed, and we're suing. Thank you. 
Hooray! Strap her in. Strap her in to bed, Julie. So much easier. And uh, Mandy says, the power of your words, Steve. I've just got up and made myself a cuppa and a Marmite sandwich. A Marmite You see? The power of Marmite. I still think squeezy peanut butter in this country is better than going to America for it. Um, Sandy says, we have four radio-controlled clocks and they change automatically at 2am. Unfortunately, I get up at 2am. A bit late then, isn't it, really? They need to go back. Well, I hope so, they will. Heinz do an organic, sugar-free baked bean range. I must look out for them. Also, frozen sweet corn without sugar. Better than tinned. Do you know, I like frozen sweet corn. I think it's better than tinned. Although my favourite, if you really want a nice little snack today, uh, you get a tin of... um, Ho, ho, ho. Green giant. Sweet corn. And you get a tin of button mushrooms cooked. Drain them off. Oh, you don't like... uh, The little button mushrooms are quite nice. (laughs) I don't like tinned mushrooms. Uh, I like the processed peas, though. um, And then then you, you mix them together in a bowl, and then you squeeze on... Some reduced fat or light Hellman's mayonnaise. It's delicious. I really, you'd, you'd, I really need to read the Steve Allen recipe book. First of all, get your deep fried Mars bar. You know, <laughs> have some chips. That'll be good news. The Steve Allen recipe book. It'll just be a, just one side of a postage stamp, I suspect. Six fifteen. <laughs> News headlines at Sam Pittis. Good morning, Steve. Boris Johnson's calling on the Chancellor not to. Morning, every 19 minutes past... Uh, I've lost my mouse. My little cursor's disappeared from my screen. Yeah, my curses. My cursor has vanished. I don't know. Oh, there it is. Come back again. Oh, no, it hasn't. It's moved again. Nope, it's just disappeared. That's funny. Uh, Chris says, uh, you have on a couple of occasions, says the, uh, say the Van Gogh exhibition finishes 23rd of March, but actually I've checked out the Royal Academy 18th of April. Yeah, I was going to do that this morning. So uh, enjoy. You will love it. Here he is now. I have to ask uh, Steve Hargrave a question, first of all. One of my probing, incisive, get-right-to-the-heart-of-the-matter questions, Steve. Uh Uh-huh. Do you normally wear contact lenses? Talking to Amanda about this? No, no, no. Uh, I, I just, I just, I, I noticed you wearing glasses the other day, and I thought maybe you forgot to put your contact lenses in because I've never seen you in glasses before. There was a no, little look was, about it, Michael Caine. It was. Uh, well, thank you very much. That's a good thing. Uh, do you mean Michael Caine when he was younger, or Michael Caine? Michael now? Caine as he is now. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, it's probably still better, actually. I, I, not. I'm not that blind. I'm kind of a little bit short-sighted. Right. Um, so I, I kind of get away with it. I know that's not right. I know you should wear whatever you're uh, prescribed to wear. Yes. Because it makes your eyes a bit worse because it's kind of straining it. And I think, if anything, I, I'm getting a lot worse these days. So yeah, I'm I terrible. should probably wear my lenses. I do wear lenses occasionally to drive in or my glasses. Most of the time I go without. So Very my world is slightly fuzzy. Yes, I know the feeling. <laughs> I quite like it that way, though. Oh, I love glasses. I think glasses are the sexiest thing ever. Their glasses are good. Glasses I think glasses. I mean, they say that people don't bake passes at men in glasses. They do. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't see them. <laughs> I, glasses, no glasses, contacts, whatever, whatever I'm doing. Oh, I love it. Doesn't, love no it passes. Time. No passes. I'm anyway, afraid. two bits of music we have for you today. Indeed, yes, indeed. The first one is a friend of, uh, of Johnny Baker's. A friend of Johnny. Well, you know, Johnny, who, who drives me on Sunday. Johnny, who shares the same birthday as me. Johnny, he shares the same birthday as you. Yeah. Is it his birthday the other day? Well? Yes, yes, we're both both the same. Well, you, well, <laughs> well wow. Do you have the same taste in music? We should find uh, out. Well, we'll find out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, uh, yeah, Rachel Collins is her name. Um, she's, a, she's a new singer, so she's sort of one of these people that people are tipping to break through uh, this year and things. She does a kind of a, kind of a Kate Nashy thing, Regina Spector, names that sort of mentioned around her that, 
I don't know. I think she's sort of ploughing her own little path, which is the, a, a little bit more English, a little more London sort of thing. I, I like it. She's very good. She's playing in Chalk Farm this evening. She's also doing uh, the live and unsigned thing in London, which is what Johnny pointed me towards. So it's called the Live and Unsigned London uh, Regional Final. It's at the Beck Theatre on Sunday at half five uh, in Hayes. There's lots of people, obviously, all entering in there. We've picked out Rachel. Uh, you can go along there and support everyone. So it's all good. I like sort of those sort of things where you go along and discover new bands, things like that. It's always good fun on Sunday night. She's also playing the Macho Jazz Festival. So she's doing all right, I think. Not bad. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel's doing fine. So we'll play a little bit of Rachel here for you. So have a little taster of her. Rachel Collins, this is the song off her EP, and the song's called All Time Number One. It's interesting, isn't it? I like it. It's got a good beat. Mm. What does she look like? She's pretty. Pretty? She's a pretty oh. girl. Look her up. Look on, uh, you've got your, your cursor working again. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yes. have a look. Finally. I, I, shall, I shall check her out in a moment, actually. <laughs> I shall have a look. I'm more interested in you in your glasses. <laughs> you... <laughs> Get over the glasses thing, all right? Okay, we'll get over the glasses now. thing. I'll try. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, like I said, the, the unsigned thing's really good down there, the Beck Theatre stuff. So always good to support new unsigned acts. I know the Beck Theatre. I've played it twice, you, I think. I've done it. I've filled it, you know. Yeah, I've filled the Beck Theatre twice. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting hard to name anywhere without you saying now. I know. Well, it's getting hard to actually book any shows for, for me nowadays without them going, I'm sorry, Steve Allen, it's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Rouse, that'll be a sellout. Josh Rouse, yeah, the H&B uh, Forum this evening. Josh Rouse from Tennessee originally. But he's lived in Spain. He went via Nashville, did a great album called Nashville, then went over to Spain because he fell in love and he settled down in Valencia. Didn't we play Hollywood Bass Player? We played Hollywood Bass Player, the last album he had yes, out, yeah. Yes. But this is his new one, which is clearly and obviously a man who's been living in Spain. A lot more Spanish flavours. Uh, some songs even in Spanish language and stuff. It's nice, it's very summery even though it's not quite a summer yet, this album. The album's called El Turista, uh, presumably The Tourist, which I guess is what he thinks he is. And that's his eighth album he's playing. Yeah, Forum Tonight, let's play a little song off of said album, which I think this one clearly has a little whiff of Paul Simon about it. See what you think. The song's called I Will Live on Island. Oh, goodness, hasn't that got Graceland written all over it? I know, Has I know. A man walks no. down the street. <laughs> it is totally, isn't it? Isn't it? Absolutely. I love his voice a bit, so Josh Rouse. Yeah, very good. Oh, it's very good. Very good live as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And tonight. Uh, I should tonight imagine it'll be sold out, won't it? Maybe, maybe. A friend of mine's working at the uh, London, um, uh, sorry, the Royal Albert Hall at the moment for the Teenage Cancer Trust. How's that going? Yeah, yeah. It's going very well. Yeah. They started, didn't they? Then Crooked Vultures. Yeah. I think last night was a comedy night, and I think it That's culminates right. with The Who next week. Yeah, The Who doing Do you know all these dates for this were booked ten years ago? For, when they the, for the Teenage Cancer teenage Trust. Cancer. Because they wanted really? this many dates all in one block. They block booked them all. Block yeah, booked ten years ago. Ten years, yes, absolutely. Yeah, started by a, like a doctor friend of mine. It just always seems to be guaranteed to sell out, those sort of things, yeah. don't they? Good line-up. He gets really good bands on, really sort of varies it as well. Mm. JLS done it this doing yes. it, aren't they? Yes, JLS are doing it, so that's good. Uh, right, very quickly, Somerset House gigs. This is the summer yep, series. They're, they're always sort of announcing those gigs down at Somerset House, and they all think they're brilliant, as long as it's nice and sunny. Uh, what have we got? There's a load of them, so you can check them out online. Air are playing on July the 9th. Noah Noel playing on the 10th. Uh, End-Dubs, 
go down the pop route of playing on the uh, 11th, if you like that sort of thing. Uh, Florence and Machine, July the 15th, Corin Bailey, Ray and Salter. So a good sort of mixture of different things for July when the weather presumably should be a bit better. So uh, tickets on sale for Friday for that. Loads of tickets on sale on Friday as well. Gorillas also two nights at the Roundhouse, April 29th and 30th. Tickets on sale 9am Friday. They will sell out really, yes, really quickly. Yes. And Stevie Wonder playing Hard Rock Calling on the Saturday. Love uh, Stevie Wonder. So, yeah, because McCartney is playing the other night and Pearl Jam as well. And then for all the yeah. Weller fans, Paul's playing Wembley Arena. He's back, yep. December the 10th, Paul Weller playing yeah. uh, there. Tickets also on sale on Friday. If you want to go to these gigs, you have to get it really early on Friday and just call. Not sure I've got the energy for these things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's the thing, they sell out so quickly there these yeah. days. Strangely <laughs> as well, on Friday at the O2 Arena, the Four Tops and the Temptations. I'm not sure how many of the Four Tops are still alive. No, I was saying... In fact, I don't think any of them are still alive, are they? <laughs> how many original members? There's the question, isn't it? And all of these bands... I was offered one cool. a short while ago, and I think he was the only original member, because... I think the, the, the main singer died. They all died. Yeah, and then they just replaced them, because you go and they, you see them, and some of them were about 30. Yes, you think, and you well, think, no, on. no, no. I told it, you when I went on a, on a cruise, they went, and later tonight we've got the Drifters. And this young man is saying, and this was a hit for us in 1954. <laughs> up on the <laughs> Not for you, it wasn't. <laughs> Not for you. Clearly, maybe your dad or something. I yeah, don't know. if that grandfather, yeah. I would think. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Just we're trying to see how many now. Quickly googling. See yeah, every googling the four tops. I have a sneaking feeling that even the lead singer died a short while ago, and he one. had the most distinctive voice. Here we go. One member. One member. One member. Yeah. Fakir, Abdul Duke Fakir. Yes, I remember he was the one who was offered to me because the main singer yeah. died a short while ago. Listen, kid, we've got to leave it there. All righty. Loving the glasses. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put them right back on. Do you know, put them right back on and just go, I am sexy. Because no, I think that's, I think glasses are a very sexy My name look. is Steve Hargrave. You, you could do that. that, you know. I feel that's a winning line. And we'll talk <laughs> next week. See you there. God bless. Thank you for that. Steve Hargrave, catch him on a television near you. Probably on Sky, I should imagine, is their entertainment correspondent. This is LBC. Dawn's been to see Diana Vickers and uh, the Water Rats thought she was great. Of course, uh, she always wanted to win in the X Factor, which is in the 2008 series. And tonight she's off to see Josh Rouse at the Forum. You'll love it. You'll love it. As you know, you will. It's a girl who goes to more gigs than anybody else. And Paul says, I always thought radio is a badly paid job. Now you're telling me you've got presenters who have accounts with coots. No, no, I didn't say presenters who have accounts with coots. I said, I have somebody who works on this programme who's got an account with coots. That's all I'm telling you. Presenters are very badly paid. Very badly paid. Um, and like newsreaders... Like Sam Pittis, who yesterday, well, he had his third winner in a row not. Because, now, what was the last thing I said to you? Uh, Don't get your hopes up. No, 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 no. (laughs) Tell me. Are you sure you don't want to go each way? Yeah, but, you know... It came second. When you're on a streak, Steve. Yeah, but you... you, Listen, I've told you before, it can all go pear-shaped for you. Yeah, but, you know, you've got to take And I was so looking forward to giving you another... Another porridge. Well, do you know, I've still got yesterday's, actually. Oh, you haven't, have I have. You? Well, I had, uh, I had some sandwiches yesterday, and I thought, well, that's just in case. I was hedging my bets, just in case I didn't win today. I thought I'd save my porridge, so I've did got you, that to look forward to this did, morning. Did you buy the sandwiches or make them? Made them at home, of course. Oh, right. 
Yes. So you're, you're one of these people keen to put the supermarkets out of business? Well, obviously, well, I had to buy the ingredients from the supermarket, didn't I, obviously? What, what, what was in your I sandwiches? I didn't make the bread myself. What was in the sandwiches? A little bit of ham, a little bit of mustard. Ham <laughs> and a bit of mustard. Something to look Did you make these to. in the morning or the night before? The night before, of course. Right. Cool, I can't even see my way to the kitchen <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, your Galaxy Rock came second, so you lost two pounds, I'm afraid. OK. You'd have had a little... You're still in profit, though, £2.47, whereas Alex's Samurai Way won at six to four... Right. Profit £3. Total profit now £16.95. So today, being a confident young man, he's going to the five o'clock at Haydock, Shakalaka Boom Boom. Oh, great. Win only. Well, that's, that's the horse, I assume. That's, I'm hoping so. Could be the way the jockey's sitting. <laughs> right. Who knows? OK. Well, there are four race meetings, as you mentioned. Uh, Haydock, uh, also Hereford and Warwick, but we're going to Kempton, um, the newsroom nag, the 6.50 Kempton uh, Texan Star. Texan Star. Sounds like it's got wind written over it. It's an all-weather track at Kempton. Yep. Down and the road from me, know it well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the wind. Do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, after the, the disappointment of yesterday, I'm okay. not going to heed your warning. No. I'm going to go with the wind. No, I mean, it's, it's never a warning. It's just, I'm trying to guide you in the right direction because, you know, if it's a difference between having, you know, a little bit of money in your pocket or no money in your pocket, I think a little is better than nothing. I think I've got a bit of porridge at the moment. I think well, tomorrow yes. when I'm porridge less, <laughs> I might think otherwise. Yes. Yes. Well, I hope you like the porridge. It's very nice, I think. I'm going to go Just add now. water. Thank you very much. Did you not bring sandwiches today? Well, I did, but I'll save those for lunch. What's in them today? get me through the budget, though. Uh, Well, uh, you have a guess. It's ham and mustard. Oh, good old ham and mustard. Obviously bought a lot of ham this week. No, it's a job lot, yeah. (laughs) Is it actually squeezy mustard? Uh, No, it's not squeezy mustard. It's uh, spreadable. Spreadable. Excellent. Well, I hope that you have a winner tomorrow. In which case, you'll then do another Mars bar or something. Well, yeah, or maybe some more porridge. Uh, Maybe some more uh, porridge. That will be the exciting uh, decision to make tomorrow. Excellent. Have a nice day. And you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks a lot. Sam Pittis. Uh, they're going to be busy later. Of course, it's uh, Budget Day. And this, this is what a lot of the papers are predicting. This is what they would say the, uh, the Chancellor should do, whether he will or not. I think on wine, uh, they think duty up 10p a bottle. That's what they think. Not going to affect too many people. I think petrol, I think there will be a rise in duty, but I think they will postpone it. I hope so, for his sake, because it would, it would ruin a lot of uh, families' lives if the petrol goes up much higher, because it's absolutely ludicrous at the moment. It's just sheer greed. Beer? I think there's a, a moderate chance that the duty will go up on beer, because, frankly, nobody... They're also talking about there could be a rise in VAT to 20%. He would be foolish to put VAT up to 20%. Many small businesses would just go under. It would just, just be an absolute disaster for them. So that, I think, will go on hold. Income tax... I think there's a, a reasonable chance that earnings over 130,000, they'll put 50% tax on. So if you're earning 120,000, be grateful that you're only 40% tax because the extra 10 will take you into 50% tax. Uh, stamp duty, I don't think there'll be any change. Capital gains tax, I think probably there's a, there's a low chance of a new high rate for top owners. Inheritance tax, I don't think they'll, they'll change. It's 325,000, I think that's about it. Child benefit I think uh, it'll go up a little bit. Uh, the state pension, I think they will freeze pension top-ups. I don't think they will give any more to, uh, to pensioners. That's what I think. Um, cigarettes, I think the duty will go up. They'll put the price of, uh, of cigarettes up again. Because if you smoke, it's not going to make the slightest difference to you. People still manage to find the money from somewhere. I always said when I smoked that if you, uh, if you smoked and they put cigarettes up to 20 quid a packet, you'd still smoke them. You just wouldn't smoke as many. And perhaps more people would then smoke roll-ups and there'd be more people smuggling 
pipe tobacco in and uh, rolling tobacco from the continent, which is what people do at the moment. Uh, they're talking in the Daily Mail today about people who will be affected by the budget if the VAT goes up. There's a lady called Tonya Rutherford, and uh, she said a VAT rise would ruin my business. Absolutely ruin it. And I don't think... I mean, I'm hoping that he will, he will look very carefully and he will think, no, there's no point in, in killing a lot of businesses. We're, we're trying to come out of a recession and hopefully that will do it. I think they'll, they'll stay the same, but you'll find out on LBC a little bit later on because uh, we will be covering the uh, budget speech live and then there'll be full analysis with Tom Cheel a little bit later on. If you go to the LBC website, they're going to make sure that every time the Chancellor says something, up it goes on the LBC website, so you can keep in touch. If you can't get near the radio, but you've got a computer, you can keep in touch. You can listen to LBC via the computer, lbc.co.uk. Uh, Steve, can you tell me more about the, uh, about the, uh, the details of the Paul Simon Soundlight? That's Josh Rouse, who's appearing tonight at the Forum. I think it's probably a sellout. It must be. Dawn's going. And she only goes to sell out gigs. And, um, and Ray says, if you like Paul Simon, check out the debut album from Harper Simon, who's his eldest son. He's called his eldest son Harper. Is that a good, is that a good name? Harper Simon? Sounds like Harper Collins, doesn't it? They sound like a book company. Due for release in April. Really brilliant. So it should be if your dad's Paul Simon. Because I bought the video of Graceland when he went over there. And, oh, it's just fantastic to watch him working. Really good. Uh, and poor old Jan says, if I eat Marmite because it's got the yeast extract by mistake, I go into uh, an aphaphylactic shock. It's out with the EpiPen and off to hospital. Don't eat Marmite. <laughs> Seems the good thing, isn't it? Levi Stubbs was the lead singer of The Temptations. Was he? Levi Stubbs? Who was the lead singer of... We'll just have a check on that. Who was the lead singer of The, um, of the Four Tops? Levi Stubbs, lead singer of The Temptations? We're going to check. Anyway, there's nobody alive apart from one person in The, uh, in the Four Tops. Jane Moore will be in... Doing the papers with Nick this morning. Coincidentally, she has her column out in the Sun today. Uh, what do you want to hear in the budget? They were talking to uh, Essex man, Robin Martin. Levi Stubbs was the four tops. I thought so. I'm never wrong, actually. Never, ever wrong. It's almost embarrassing when it comes to Tamla Motown. I know more things about Tamla Motown. I can, I can tell you the first white woman who ever recorded for Tamla Motown. I can tell you the first songs. I don't want to go into it now because it just makes me sound as I'm just a little bit too experienced. So, uh, Jack in Brixton. Idiot. Honestly. How can you not know that? And you claim to be a um, Tamla Motown fan. Naughty, naughty. Uh, they're going to be talking to lots of people about what they want to hear in the budget. We all want to hear we've got more money in our pocket and booze is coming down in price and uh, mortgages will be free and uh, we'll all be given a million pounds to go and buy luxury yachts. Oh, sorry, got it wrong again. That's licensed taxi drivers again, isn't it? All living in mansions in Essex and driving gold-plated cars. They'll be talking to uh, Justin King about the Sainsbury's results and why do, in Islington Council, 21 council officers earn over £100,000 a year? You know, you sometimes think, don't you, that you should actually um, go and join local councils because it's not bad money. And all you have to do is just wander around infuriating people and taking home a load of money. And if you make a mistake, you then go to court and they give you a whole load of money just to go away. Doesn't make any sense, does it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Lots of the papers speculating today on exactly what will be happening in the budget, but you'll hear it first here on LBC. Uh, they say in the paper today that uh, Michael Winner's Dining Star show could be axed because of poor ratings. Calm down, dear, it's only a TV show. And surprisingly, as I said before, Alton Towers was the place where they invited a load of Z-listers to try their new ride out, including, as I mentioned before, Gail Porter and uh, Callum Best and uh, Rianne Sugden, uh, who was the sex 
texter for, uh, for Vernon Kay, plus, of course, Callum Best, who, uh, frankly, I thought had disappeared. I had no idea he was still alive, but uh, he's still floating around. And uh, they all went up there, and, uh, and then they invited as well that other I wouldn't go anywhere unless you opened an envelope for me, and that's Sarah Harding who apparently used to go out with Callum Best, but then I thought she went out with loads of people. And Strictly Come Dancing's Anton Dubeck, that's Tony Beek to you and me, has said the show should be axed if Bruce Forsyth retires. There was speculation that uh, Tony Beek would take over. I, for one, would, uh, would not watch. I'm afraid I cannot watch this smug man dancing anymore. I'm afraid I find him irritating, patronising, and just, just one of life's little... <laughs> They've got that ghastly chef on Countdown at the moment, who I don't like as well the bald-headed one with the glasses, who's doing... I can't remember his name. We don't know him. But anyway, he's, he's doing the countdown, sitting in dictionary... Can't bear him at all. But there are proper people in there. These people appear on the television. I'm cooking. And uh, apparently Barbara Windsor wants to turn EastEnders into WestEnders. They say she's trying to persuade BBC bosses to stage a musical production of the soap to rival Coronation Street's new theatre show. You could have My Square Lady, Geezers and Dolls, the Pearly King and I, Bald Brothers with Grant and Phil, Ricky Horror Picture Show, Dirty Cotton Scoundrels, Arthur Sixpence, and Ain't Misbehaving. In fact, I ain't done nothing. All of that and more. I don't know. What do you reckon, Scott? Would that be, would that be a winner for Bar? I don't know. Daily Mirror this morning. Uh, it's another free Lego toy. I must get some of these Lego toys. I'm missing out on Lego. When I was young, all we had was, was red and white Lego. Now, we've got... Loads of Lego. Loads of different coloured stuff. Uh, what time will your in-conversation be on Sunday, says Phil? It will be on between six and seven, because the programme moves back, and actually it's ideal for Richie. Ideal. He says, great news about the earlier start on Sundays, because I can hear the whole show before work. So seven till ten this Sunday, but don't forget, clocks go forward. So you're going to be losing sleep left, right and centre. So my advice is make it all up tonight after you've been depressed by the budget, which you've heard on LBC. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, as Jonathan is, have a very happy day. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Boris Johnson's warning the Chancellor against any budget... 11 and a half minutes to uh, seven if you're celebrating your birthday today, as indeed Jenny Barnett is. Jenny Barnett is celebrating her birthday today... And, uh, Matthew, happy birthday to you, too. I'm sure that somebody will pass that on to you. Alec and Hillary are off on holiday. Mit family. And, uh, apparently they actually got up at three this morning. And Hillary says, so this is what early mornings look like. <laughs> Horrible, isn't it? Horrible. And, uh, quite right, June. Eddie Kendricks was the, uh, Temptations. Big hit single, Keep On Trucking. And, uh, it was Levi Stubbs with the four tops. Any old Motown fan knows that. Good grief. Um... Uh, Graham says, anaphylactic. Is she around still? Heavens above, is she singing in a new group? I had no idea. Uh, the best is hot toast, butter, marmite with ground almonds. Oh, crikey, Jackie, I'm not sure about that. Ground almonds? Who keeps ground almonds in? Be- Can people be bothered in the morning to do this kind of thing? I thought most people sort of tried to, tried to get it through as quick as possible. Uh, I saw the programme you mentioned, says Paul. Left me in bits at the end. Same as Spencer on Come Dine With Me. Makes you think on life and how precious it is. Uh, regarding cheese, any truth in the rumour that Kiki K80 is the new face of the Dutch brand, Laughing Cow? <laughs> also care to make a bet that Adele be back on Emmerdale within six months. If anyone there should be back on, it should be Ben Freeman. Absolutely. We talked to Ben Freeman, do you remember? He was on In Conversation. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Uh, Lisa. Oh, Stephen Lisa in Erith. It's Lisa's birthday. Lisa's birthday today. Everybody's birthday. All the best people are today. Well, actually, all the best people are the 17th of March. But, uh, but today as well. Lisa, many happy returns of the day. 
you know, I still... Um, that was the first DVD I got sent of the show in Croydon. The very first show we did in Croydon. Years ago. Oh, seems years ago now. And uh, Stephen Lisa sent us, and they filmed it from the seat. And it was really quite exciting. Even I got quite excited watching it as the lights went down. And I've stumbled around backstage trying to find out where the dickens I was going to. The weather for today. Cloudy but dry. Showers for most parts this evening. 14 centigrade, warmer than yesterday. Thank goodness for that, because yesterday was pretty chilly. This morning, pretty chilly as well. Currently, 8 centigrade. Tonight, cloudy with more showers. Some could be heavy and prolonged, drying up after midnight. The low is 11 centigrade. Tomorrow, here we go again, cloudy with showers. Longer spells of rain throughout the day, a high of 11 centigrade. And for Friday and Saturday, a mix of bright spells and light showers. Breezy on Friday, high of 14 centigrade. Sunday, cloudy and cooler. With light showers and a strong breeze, a high of 11 centigrade. So that's the weather forecast for the day ahead. Uh, very quickly, let's go back through some of the other papers. Financial Times on the front page. Uh, they're talking about the uh, six people arrested in the biggest UK insider dealing case, the Financial, uh, financial uh, Standards Authority, Financial Services Authority, swooped on premises. Six people have been arrested. The bank's facing payback in the budget crackdown. And what's this rumour I hear? I heard a rumour the other day. And I remember thinking, rather strange, that that there were moves afoot to uh, close down or move the Royal Bank of Scotland branches at the moment and incorporate them into the NatWest. And then there was another story I'd heard, where these things originate from, I've got no idea, that uh, Richard Branson was hoping to buy all the the branches, well, certainly the the premises. But I I said I wasn't actually sure if the Royal Bank of Scotland owned all the premises, but no doubt that'll emerge as we uh, wander through. Uh, More on the Clone Wars... Mossad's London chief expelled over the forged UK passports. And uh, Blairite's booty. So who'd have guessed? Matthew Norman writing in The Independent. Save as a saga of incompetence and greed. Matthew Norman used to write for The Standard and, in fact, was uh, one of our regular contributors on uh, on the Steve Allen programme. There's also the picture on the front of the Telegraph of the Red Arrows pilot hurt in the mid-air crash. And The Times talking of fashion, and how leading doctors are calling for a ban on smoking in cars. They say to protect children because of uh, asthma caused by passive smoking. I don't know how on earth they're going to bring that law in. I've never seen anybody yet prosecuted for smoking in their vehicle, work or otherwise, unless they've managed to keep it fairly well hidden. But I've, I've, I've seen people lighting in... Uh, firms' vehicles, and I thought they weren't supposed to, but then I got a bit confused by what they were supposed to and what they weren't supposed to do. And I've seen people sitting in cars with kids sitting in the back with people puffing away and the windows up. But it's private property. You can't start dictating to somebody where you can smoke and where you can't smoke. So even though they might bring it in, I've got no idea how they're going to police it. The, the police forces are, are sort of woefully undermanned at the, at the moment. How on earth... They're going to change things and say, oh, nowadays you're now going to be looking out for... Perhaps you have to have special wardens looking out for people smoking in cars. Uh, In the Daily Mail today, Cheryl Cole looking much thinner, stepping out, because she went to talk about her her new single. So there you go. And and also, um, swans killed and fish vanish as migrants pillage the river for food. Swans, apparently, are very popular with certain people. Killing or injuring a swan carries a fine of £5,000. When was that last implemented? I don't see that being implemented at all by anybody. Uh, Other stories in the Daily Mail for today. This is uh, Denise Van Outen wearing uh, shaky heels, they say. So she's wearing these new heels. I think she's another... Is she another face of somebody? She could be... I don't know. But it's it's all these heels now. I went into a shop the other day and we were looking at high heels because my... um, 
15, 14-year-old uh, goddaughter was looking... And these heels, they're practical. How these girls walk on heels, I've got no idea. They just look totally dangerous to me. Totally dangerous. There is a nice story of Ruby. Ruby's the bionic dog. Rebuilt by 40 vets and nurses at a cost of £11,500. And there's also a drug that could free women from the misery of period pain devised by scientists. The hot water bottle in a pill is designed to tackle uh, the cause of the crippling cramps that plague up to 90% of young and middle-aged women each month. Could be available, here we go, by 2014. And the other good news this morning, because we've all experienced it, well, you have if you've been to hospital, is the hospital gown that leaves you a little less exposed. Because the hospital gowns that uh, they dish out to you at the moment are fine, you put them on, you put your sleeves, your arms through the sleeves, but there's nothing at the back. And they don't like you to wear underwear in, uh, in, uh, in, in hospital. <laughs> Sorry, I was so, I was so, tra- I don't know why I just crows that actually. I don't know what I was doing. But I, I was so, so traumatised by the fact that you put this gown on and you walk in and you think, I look like a sketch from Frankie Howard. People seeing your bottom. Not very nice, is it, when you go in hospital? Mind you, I suppose you work on the assumption that they've seen everything in hospital. Not going to... Well, I thought, well, they're not seeing mine. It's as simple as that. So you try and cover up. And there's also a great story. If you're thinking of moving to the countryside, it's a lady called Veronica Henry writing in the Mail today. And she said, The TV show sold us a dream of rural life. However, the crime-ridden reality were nearly uh, the thing that killed our marriage. It's worth reading, because I've seen a number of other people. Uh, there was a divorce lady who wrote in the mail ages ago and she said when she went there she got she was divorced and nobody wanted to talk to her because they were frightened to introduce a single woman into the community in case she took their husbands and i spoke to a very well-known celebrity who said within you know a week of being out in the rural communities car had been vandalized the house had been broken into so obviously not as pretty as we think in emmerdale where all you've got to put up with out there is people sort of, you know, hanging around barns and being asylum seekers and running bed and breakfast. Although, sadly, the poor man, who is currently playing a character wrestling with his sexuality at the moment, has been attacked in the street. And people have shouted at him because, in real life, because there's some very stupid people who, uh, who can't separate the two. They seem to think it's real. God knows why. Listen, keep it tuned to LBC 97.3. Check the website uh, for the travel. And for all the information throughout the day on the budget, 12.30 you'll get the speech, and then Lynn Foldswood will follow that up. Tom Cheel will be on there, and then, of course, it will go throughout the day. Nick, tomorrow morning, will be coming from Westminster, and they'll be analysing it. Jane Moore will be in to do the papers later, and if you check out the LBC website, learn about podcasting and how to download the LBC apps, you can hear LBC wherever you go. It's as simple as that, lbc.co.uk. Take an umbrella today, you might get a bit wet. Nick at seven. First of all, this morning's business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after...